from Russia with love I fly to you much wiser since must return from Russia with love. That is the intro. Apologize if it's not perfect. I just learned learned it today before this uh, podcast. So, uh, yeah. From Russia with love. How about that? It's the second Bond movie uh, that I'm Reviewing here for the podcast since uh, Thanksgiving or uh, November, I don't know, 25 days of Bond Marathon. I don't know if it's going to be consecutive. I don't think it's going to be every day. But I'm going to try to get as many as I can in for the month of November. Uh, I think it was TBS. One of those uh, network stations on TV would do a marathon, Bond Marathon. Um, I think this was in the early 2000s, late 90s. Probably, they were doing it probably up till 2005, I would guess. Um, maybe, no, probably even beyond that, to 2007, because I watched some some of it with my dad. So, um, yeah. I'm going to be talking about From Russia With Love in this one. And uh, I got my IMDB page up and going. And... Um, says here, the storyline, James Bond 007 is, uh, oh, by the way, spoilers if you haven't seen this one, um, is on the search for a Russian decoding machine known as Lector. Bond needs to find his machine before the evil Spectre organization discovers it. While being romantically linked with Russian girl Tatiana Romanova, Romanova Bond seeks, sneaks his way around Istanbul while each Spectre agent tries to pick him off, including the overpowering Donald Redgrant, an ex-KGB agent, uh, Rosa Gleb, who knows all of the tricks in the book and even possesses an incredible poison tip shoe. Which, uh, that poison tip shoe is pretty fun. Uh, I want to say I've seen that before. And... Maybe it was Desperado. I'm sorry about that. Desperado. Um, some with with the pointed shoes, kicking, kicking with his shoes. Maybe it was Double Impact, but that was fun. Um, the beginning of this movie, uh, Connery uh, or Bond, I should say, is uh, they have like a guy in a mask, Mission Impossible style. That gets taken down uh, by uh, Robert Shaw's character, and uh, who I think they coin as uh, uh, Donald Grant, Donald Red Grant, and uh, it's kind of a funny scene because when they take off the mask, it's obviously a rubber mask and everything. Uh, so I'll give you a rundown of what I thought. This is much better 
it's a much better movie than Dr. No, a lot more. It, it definitely sets up the formula more for the opening credits. Um, although the opening credits, they don't have the act, the, the singer sing it out. It was all orchestrated. And, yeah, I thought that was, uh, I thought that was interesting. But they have a, a, an opening scene where someone, you know, Robert Shaw takes out this guy and uh, looks and dresses like Bond. And, um, it, uh, it, it, you know, he turned out to be fake. And it, it's kind of, it's neat because they're starting to establish the formula of let's have, what's, what's the premise, what's, what's the big uh, bad, who's the big baddie, or what's the big uh, stunt in the beginning. And it goes on, and the music in this movie is awesome. Like John Barry, I believe, just knocks it out of the park as far as the orchestrated music in it. And, you know, they play the James Bond theme quite a bit, but not as much as in Dr. No, so they're, they're learning to take it easy on that, the Bond theme a little bit more. Um, yeah, and it's just like it says, uh, he falls, well, he, he gets involved, um, uh, with, uh, the Russian, uh, spy in it, and, uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely some more, uh, callbacks, or, or I should say, this is definitely where Austin Powers got, or Mike Myers got inspiration for Austin Powers, because you have... Uh, first appearance of Blofeld, well, as far as his 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 upper torso goes, in the in the white cat that he's petting, and the numbers, number two, number three, and hitting the button, and something happening to whatever number he's calling, and uh, definitely this is the inspiration for Frau. <laughs> Frau, who is uh, his henchman lady, uh, that sh- that yells a lot, and uh, it's perfect. It's it's almost the actress they got for the Austin Powers one is, is she's perfect for that role. Like they, she really nails it, and uh, so much so it's like he, she looks just like the lady in this that plays the actual role of uh, um. Uh, Rosa Kleb, I guess, the KGB agent. Uh, so there's a lot of that, that fun silliness going on. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 a lot of it ends in the train. This is the train bond, you know, that's how I spin it. It's, there's a, a lot that happens on it. This train is pretty awesome, though. I like the, the look. It's like a wooden wood inside and the cabins and everything and it's just a nice a nice train and even for back then but all sorts of hijinks goes on on it and uh robert shaw gets on that train eventually and uh well there's a big showdown it's a big showdown there and and it's good it's a tense uh showdown and you get the feeling that this guy is at least a combative match for Bond. He's kind of like the Russian's version of Bond, I guess. And Robert Shaw just, he, he plays him with a certain kind of uh, um, toughness. Realistic toughness I liked. Uh, 
and uh, which is interesting. He's blonde in this, and in you know it's a stark contrast to his character in Jaws, the uh, the sailor alcoholic there, and <laughs> um, so it was neat to see him in this role. Uh, I've seen this a few times before, and uh, it's uh, it's called acting. It's called acting. Uh, it says music by John Barry. Lyrics by Lionel Bart, performed by Matt Monroe, and he doesn't. The guy doesn't sing it till the very end. The ref from Russia with love, and uh, which is interesting. It's interesting, but and there's also a cheesy um, wave that Bond does to the camera at the end with his with his hand. It's just <laughs> everything was a bit cheesier back then, so you got to give it some kind of credit. Uh, uh, let's see here. Lot Lenya plays Rosa Gleb, Gleb the KGB agent. And then uh, Robert Shaw, of course, Donald Red Grant. Who I'm sure he lost some weight for the role. And uh, Bernard Lee. Let's see. Pedro Arm, Arm, Armin or something. Let's see here. His name's too long for this uh, IMDb. Pedro Armanderas. Armanderas. Armen Armanderas. Or something to that to that uh he's a Mexican actor. And he plays um kind of like a contact or something that Bond uh, gets befriends or something like that and he gets, you know, uh killed later on, gets uh, shot or something. Or poisoned or something like I think he gets poisoned later on. But everyone, you know, everyone's good. Let's see here, what else I can I'm looking at the IMDB here. Trivia. Did you know Sir Sean Connery called this move this movie his personal favorite of the Bond movies? Um Which is interesting. You know, it's well done. There's not much that is really uh, off about it, or I felt too long, too boring. There's got maybe a couple parts that are kind of exposition-y, but it kind of moves along. Uh, director Terrence Young, who did Dr. No, disliked Be- uh, Daniela Bianche's legs and used a stand-in for the scene where Bond spies on the Russian embassy <laughs> in Istanbul with a, with a periscope. Um, Disliked her legs and used a stand-in <laughs> uh, for that scene. The knife shoe used by Rosa Gleb was an actual weapon used by the KGB. That's pretty interesting. That's pretty dang interesting. How funny is that? That's an actual weapon that was used. <laughs> Sir Sean Connery was outfitted for this movie uh, with eight specially tailored Seville Row suits, each one costing approximately two grand. Uh, Yeah, well, that's, you know, you got to do that. That's Bond. He's all about the suit. Uh, Final James Bond movie viewed by Ian Fleming. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. But I'd say that's pretty good. 
that's a pretty good gist of the formula for Bond after that one. I'd say a lot of them follow the From Russia With Love template. Um, this sets up a lot of the tropes. The uh, Blofeld character, the uh, other henchmen, uh, the opening song uh, montage. Uh, mm-hmm, the fight's in an interesting or unusual place. Um, let's see here. The then-president, John F. Kennedy. Interesting. Listed Ian Fleming's book as among his top ten favorite novels of all time. That list was published in Life magazine. I think I've heard this before. On March 17th, 1961. Possibly as a result, the producers decided to make this the second James Bond movie. Huh. According to the death... Uh, according to the book, Death of a President in 64 by William Raymond Manchester. This was the last movie JFK ever saw in a private screening in the White House November 20th, 1963. Interesting. Steven Spielberg was convinced to cast Robert Shaw in Jaws after watching him in this movie. Ah, that's pretty fascinating too. This movie broke box office records and was responsible for launching Sir Sean Connery as a major star rather than Dr. No, which was which came out a year before. So this came out a year after. So they got right on it after Dr. No. They're like, let's, we got to keep this gravy train moving, uh, Sean, and let's, let's, get, let's move on to the next one. Here we go. Pedro Armanderas was terminally ill during filming. Wow, he had cancer, which he likely contracted due to filming the Conqueror. Uh, contracted, contracted during due, wow, due to filming the Con- Conqueror in 1956 in the Utah desert near a U.S. nuclear test site. See, this is familiar. John Wayne also got cancer that way because they were filming around nuclear sites. Man, that's messed up. That's terrible. Armanderas, uh, he looked pretty good in this movie considering he had cancer. Jeez. Man. Armanderas accepted this role partially to provide financially financial security for his wife. The shooting schedule was altered to film his scenes while he was still physically able. Wow. Towards the end of filming those scenes, Terrence Young had to double for the actor in some of his of his long shots. Wow, that's good. I didn't notice that. Interesting. One month after all of his scenes were completed. Oh my gosh. One month after all his scenes were completed, Armanderas shot himself in an LA hospital. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's heavy. Oh, <laughs> jeez. Wow. Wow. So this is uh, uh, Bond's contact, who's, you know, he's got significant uh, screen time in this movie, and and they kind of go back and forth about what's going on, and um, yeah, it's kind of like his uh, Felix, like like a Felix character. The picture on the wall of the lobby in the Russian embassy is that of cosmonaut Yuri uh, Gagarin. Oh, I didn't notice that. And 
Wow, there's there's a lot of trivia on this. Um, during the helicopter sequence towards the end of the movie, the inexperienced pilot flew too close to Sir Sean Connery, endangering him. Yeah, see, movies are dangerous. <laughs> I mean, regular movies can be dangerous because you're dealing with heavy equipment, electrical equipment, um, just things, you, you know, if you're shooting outside in a real location, just, you know, you're putting yourself out there, you're filming a movie, people notice you. Um, you never know what could happen. You're out in the world, but... Um, you know, say you go to film at maybe a cliff. You know, I'm an indie production, and I want to go shoot by a cliff, right? And people get careless, and even though, you know, no one wants to jump, you know, accidentally go over the cliff, you know, maybe people are fooling around during lunch, and they trip and they fall over a cliff, you know? <laughs> Stuff like that. You know, the variables, um, that can happen. And you add in, okay, an action movie with all these moving parts and safety regulations and, and things that can blow up and things that can go... Mechanical failures, yeah. It, it Stuff can go wrong. Although he had his reservations about the choice of Shirk Sean Connery for the part of James Bond, uh, after seeing him in this movie, Ian Fleming was completely won over by the actor. In fact, as a result, Fleming added a Scottish ancestry to Bond's characters in later novels. That's crazy. That is something else. Wow. I never knew that. Look at this. IMDb is just loaded with some great, some great stuff here. In fact, I'm going to keep this stuff in mind for the next, for the next one. Um, Let's see what else here. I'll give you more of my thoughts. Um, there's a whole there's a whole big scene in this movie where there's belly uh, belly dancing and everything, and a lot of um, there's a big action scene and um, there's I think there's a horse or donkey get that gets really riled up in it and I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> the reactions from the animals were amusing. But, you know, the fighting is, is pretty standard stuff. I mean, nothing really uh, pops out too much about that. Um, there's a scene, in you know, when they're all outside and it's a night shoot. And uh, Bond's kind of going around um, doing his bit. And, uh, you know, the, there's like these two warring factions. And he's kind of like, uh, you know, shooting here and there, helping out and... It's neat. It's like it's one of those scenes where uh, they kind of follow the character a bit. Tra there's some tracking and rolling going on. Then you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff that they do right in, in the movie, and again, the music is awesome. The location is awesome. I think they're out and uh, let's see where the where they shot here. Um. Let's see. Filming locations. 
uh, Turkey. I'm not even going to try to pronounce some of these places where they shot. Uh, different parts of Turkey. Let's just say that. <laughs> Sultan Ahmed Square. Uh, Yerbatan Saray Sernici. Uh, Sultan, Sultan Nahamet, Istanbul, Turkey. Yeah, some of the sets, like when he goes to meet, um, when Bond goes to meet uh, his contact there, look, they look, they seem very, um, very Turkish. Like the pillars and the columns and everything in the arcs, the rounded arches and everything. Um, let's see, what else? Well, they shot in Berkshire, England, of course. They got Pinewood Studios. James says, James Bond and Sylvia Trench have picnic by the river. That was shot in England. Yeah, that's towards big... After the, the scene with Robert Shaw, uh, opening scene, they, they cut to Bond. Bond's listening to the, uh, the, the song from Russia with Love on the radio, and he's making out with the girl. The girl he's making out with is the girl from the first Bond movie, Dr. No, whom we meet in the casino, and she meets James Bond. Um, very good. A lot of Turkey. Shot a lot, a lot of different places in Turkey. And they did some inserts and pickup shots of rats in Spain. Madrid, Spain. Yeah, there's a scene with the rats <laughs> coming after them in the sewers. And, uh, It's good. You had Dr. No, which was a decent Bond movie. It was a good one, you know, a decent one to introduce the character. And it starts in Jamaica, where Ian Fleming wrote a lot of his books. And, uh, but they, they, they were kind of feeling things out a little bit more with Connery and the way they, they uh, move forward with the antagonist and the opening and the closing of uh, the movie. Also in this movie, I think this is the first time we see James Bond will return or James Bond will come back. Or, or It says something different. It doesn't say James Bond will return, but it says James Bond something something. Um, also, he has he still has the hat in this in movie. He has the the hat that he wears in the opening walkout scene. Where he, he walks and you see him in the the gun barrel and he turns and shoots you. So I'm wondering when he's going to drop the hat. Uh, the budget for this movie is estimated $2 million. $2 million. And uh, the gross in U.S. and Canada, 20, 24, I'm going to say, I'm going to round it off and say it's 24796765. Let's see. So around almost twenty five, almost twenty five million. That's pretty good from two million. Gross worldwide is again pretty close to that. Uh, twenty four million seven hundred ninety six thousand seven hundred sixty five. I don't know if I said that right. Maybe I did. Um.
Let's see what else. I mean, there's a lot of trivia. I mean, a lot. I can go on a lot longer, but I think I'm going to make these a little bit shorter, kind of like I make these little half-hour specials. That way they're easily digestible. You can watch them or listen to these before you watch the movie or after. I would say watch them or listen to them after. Um, let's see, crazy credits. Ernest Blofeld's actor is credited as a question mark. Yeah, I noticed that in the credits. Uh, the actor playing Blofeld is, huh? <laughs> Which is silly. And again, you have the thing where it's like 15 people worked in this movie. Like the, the credits go by fast. Here it is. Um, the end says the end, not quite the end. James Bond will return in the next Ian Fleming thriller, Goldfinger. I think it said something like that. That's what it says here in IMDb. It doesn't say James Bond will return. Um, Taglines. Let's see what else. Of course, it's PG. <laughs> Some of the taglines. Uh, Viva James Bond. Uh, the world's a master of murder. Pull out all the stops to destroy Agent 007. Meet James Bond, secret Agent 007. That's in the Australian uh, theatrical debut movie poster. Uh, his new enemies, his new woman, his new adventures. Uh, USA 1999 poster. That's funny. All these posters over the years that they do. James Bond is back. Blast him, seduce him, bomb him, strangle him. Target the unkillable James Bond, 007. Some of the taglines from the posters there. Uh, goofs. Here we go. This is kind of fun. Um, some of the goofs are... Uh, the truck hood is burned and the insight headlight is missing by air by air bombing and then the next scene is totally intact a machine gun from directly behind shoots holes in the fuel barrels on bond's boat yet the holes are in the ends of the barrels and the barrels are turned sideways on the boat yeah so there's a scene where he he's on the ship towards the end and people are chasing him on, on boats and, he, and he's got the the uh captain hat on the old you know sailor captain hat on and he kicks these barrels off the boat and he shoots i think he shoots the ignites the liquid and blows up all the uh, um i don't know the gasoline uh barrels or something like that and creates a big wall a uh, big wall bomb and uh it's a pretty good little finale towards the end. Kind of like icing on the cake there that they needed. Um, the flower truck that is first seen on the railroad crossing is a Dodge. And after 007 enters the pickup with the villain of the cab, the truck switches to a Chevrolet. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, factual errors. Bond exits Istanbul airport through the domestic terminal terminal 
despite arriving on an international flight. That's interesting. Uh, in the beginnings, yeah, there's a big chess match. And one of the things I liked about this was it opens... Well, one of the opening scenes is, I think after the Robert Shaw thing, is um, the chess match. They have this big set for a you know, chess master who works for Spectre. And the big chess pieces they move on the board are really pretty neat to watch that. I wonder if they really did that back in the day. You know, it's a big board to show everybody who what's, what, what pieces are being moved. Uh, in the beginning's chess match, Kronst- Kronstein receives a message to immediately show up in Spectre's HQ. So he makes a move to set his opponent in check, who replies by laying down his king to surrender. In fact, his opponent hasn't been beaten at the time, as retreat and parrying moves were still available. I noticed that. See, as a chess, someone who plays chess, I'm like, I think he, I'm thinking, well, he just kind of gave up. He's probably like, ah, you win. Because it's like the guy had the queen and he was kind of zeroing in on the king, you know, diagonally. And the guy still had some other pieces on the board that could try to take the the, the queen out. Um, someone may assume his opponent wasn't wasn't skilled enough to realize the situation, but it doesn't seem plausible. As it was kind of a master's tournament. <laughs> That's a good point. Like I said, like I still would have kept fighting, you know, if I had other pieces on the board. And the king was still kind of making his way, you know. But, interesting. The explosion caused when Bond fires the flare pistol at the oil drums. Oh, oil, that's what they were, oil drums. It's far larger than one would expect for only four or five uh, drums. <laughs> In addition, the scene establishes that the enemy boats have already passed the barrels before they uh, are detonated. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's a lot more on here. Uh, miscellaneous. In the boat chase scene, uh, Tatiana's hair is never blown or, dis- or distracted in any ways from the front wind, despite her- their boat was moving fast. Let's see here. After the explosion from the Russian consulate, when Bond and, and uh, Tanea, uh, or Tanya, Tanea uh, went through, went down through the hole, the scene exchanged to the outside of the consulate, where a horde of people are looking at the building. A man standing on the curb with his son seemed to tell the boy that there's a camera behind them. And they were and they were filming a movie. For a split second, it seemed like the man is pointing his finger towards the camera. Huh. So they really get in here with that. Let's see. Revealing mistakes. Blofeld uses the Siamese fighting fish to demonstrate how Spectre works. With two fish fighting, while a third watches and waits to fight the winner. Um, who will be weakened by then? However, partitions in the fish tank are visible. The third, the third, the third fish couldn't attack if it wanted to. 
couldn't attack if it wanted to. Huh. The partitions in the in the fish tank are visible. Oh, I see. So there is something breaking off the the third fish from even uh, even attacking at that point because you could you could tell it was closed off in the in the, in the tank. I think that's what they're implying. In establishing shots of the room where Kronstein's chess match is held, there is a mural on the ceiling and support arches. However, the arches are simply painted light blue then viewed from when blue, when viewed from ground level. Uh, this is because in reality the ceiling was an optical mat painting created to hide the set lighting. Huh. Yep. Again, it's like being a magician. You sh- you show them what you want to see. You want what you want them to see, misdirection. You show them what you want them to see. When Bond first recovers the lector, he does not properly close it. Though he does, though he goes through the motions, oh, it becomes closed and latched as he runs through the door. So this lector is a suitcase that Bond has to uh, turn the knobs on a certain way before he opens it. Otherwise, it explodes. And uh, I think this is the first time Q is in the movie. He wasn't in Dr. No. So this is the first appearance of Q. Like I said, they're establishing a lot of the formulas, and Q just walks into the uh, M office and shows him how to open this suit, this briefcase. And, uh, and you know, that that's a great example of foreshortening, or not foreshortening, but foreshadowing. It's going to come into play later on in the movie, which is a big staple in all the Bond movies. They set up this this gimmick and how it's going to pay off later in the movie, which is a, a staple even up to the latest uh, No Time to Die. So I'm going to conclude it like, like I could. I could go on another, probably another half hour going over those quotes, and this is a good way to get my memory going uh, with, with, you know, doing these re- reviews. As far as a Bond movie, for me, I'd say it's about, I'd say it's, it's easily an 8 out of 10, easily. Um, maybe even a, close to a 9. Um, just because there's very little uh, that's wrong with it. Um, it's a pretty solid Bond movie. And the music, John Barry's on point, the, you know, very good direction. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say it's it's very good. I, I the only reason I don't give it a nine or ten is probably because I don't know. It it seems it's all about it's a big thing with the fight on the train, and there's a lot of time spent on that. I, I, I felt I felt it needed a little bit more punch in the middle of the movie, um, a couple more scenes that you know you don't have like the major um, eccentric thing going on yet you have hints of it with Blofeld but you don't have like an odd job kind of character I guess odd job I guess Robert Shaw is kind of that person so it's a little bit more simplified um again these aren't major criticisms so I guess it just doesn't move me move me as much as the other ones do like Goldfinger coming up um but it's getting there um yeah, I'd give it an eight, eight and a half out of out of ten. It's it's almost a nine, so it, it's it's 
it's up there. It's good. So that's that's it. That's that's it for my review of From Russia with Love and the Spawn Marathon. Looking forward to Goldfinger. Uh, I'm looking forward to going over the IMDb facts about it. That's that it is that is my favorite Sean Connery Bond movie. It might even be my favorite Bond movie. Just because it just gets everything right with the staples and, and everything. It's just on point. So alright. Thanks for listening. Go watch From Russia with Love. Watch Dr. No first if you haven't. Um, again, they have these DVDs out on, uh, it's called the, the Connery Collection, where you have three movies on one, you know, in one case. And they have, so they have volumes one and two. This is from the volume one. And they also have the Roger Moore Collection, and they have the Pierce Brosnan Collection. And uh, with that... Um, James Bond will return, and so will I.